Get the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music guide you through the opaque world of venture capital and reveal all the ways you can source capital for your company's growth. It all starts right here with Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music on VC Confidential. Welcome to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy, and I'm here with my co-host and partner at Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music. Together, we are the managing director of the Sibylla Masters Fund. You can learn more about that at masters.vc. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Ann. Hi, Jillian. Yes. Let's talk about IRR today. Now, that does not mean international radical revolutions or anything like that. It's a topic mm-hmm. that has mystified me for a long time. So let's peel away some of the mystery and explain what this is all about, why it's useful, and how it can be, often is, used misleadingly too. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Now, I know I rail about IRR a lot, but, you know, I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this. So I'm really happy to dig in so folks really understand what IRR is, how we use it, and why you should, as always, think a little more deeply before you take any numbers at face value. So the first thing, IRR. There are so many collections of, uh, you know, contractions and and sniglets going on in this language and so on. I hate that stuff. It's alphabet in, soup. Yes, it is alphabet soup. That's right. It's internal rate of return. The internal rate of return. We're not going to call it IRR at all. Anytime you see IRR, you think in your head, internal rate of return, say the real words. Otherwise, you kind of forget what it's all about. Yes. So our colleague and very good friend, Barbara Clark, who is uh, with Portfolia and Astia and Impact Seat Investments. In other words, a very, very effectively um, uh, spread investor She Mm -hmm. said the other day to us, it's useful because it brings things to an accountable level, brings it down to accountable level, which I think is what she, she motioned her hands, you know, God bless Zoom. We can see people move stuff down. She motioned her (laughs) hands down. She said it brings it down to an accountable level. So Uh what do we make of that? Well, in some ways she's very right. And sometimes, of course, like almost any figures, it can be played with. And that's where I have trouble with it. So let's start with what the heck it is. And first of all, I want everybody to know, and thank you, Investopedia. Almost everything I have to say today really comes from Investopedia. All right. It's a really good resource for understanding all these terms and for ripping that lid off the opaque world of venture capital. You really want to understand this thing? Go read that stuff. It is an entire encyclopedia about investments. Um, this particular uh, series of articles, there was one particularly by Adam Hayes that really digs into uh, the nuts and bolts of the internal rate of returns. So thank you to Adam for all of this, sending everybody over to uh, Investopedia to go find these things. Things. And it's just about definitions of terminology. Okay. So the internal rate of return is a metric and it's used in capital budgeting to estimate the prop- profitability of potential investments. The internal rate of return is a discount rate that makes the net present value of all cash flows from a particular project equal to zero. Now that should be as clear as mud. Yep. 
Okay. So you could say things like IRR calculations are the NPV of this and that, right? Because NPV meant net present value. You can see how quickly this gets out of hand. Well, I got to tell you, the first time I was married to the chief monetarist writer for Fortune magazine, and I still to this day have no idea what net present value means. So I'm really looking forward to <laughs> telling well, us. We're going to unpack this thing, okay? The internal rate of return is a metric used in capital budgeting to estimate the profitability of potential investments. The internal rate of return is a discount rate that makes the net present value of all cash flows from a particular project equal to zero. It's like, really? All of that about nothing? Okay, wait. Let's yeah. let's just see what goes Liter- on. Yeah, unpack. Literally, about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's start with what capital budgeting is all about. Companies of all kinds use capital budgeting. They determine whether an investment of capital, you know, you've heard of capital expenditure, right? An investment of capital is going to result in an additional value or a loss to that company over time. So we're not talking about paying the rent. That's kind of operating capital. We're talking about maybe buying, you know, something big, all right? In this case, capital budgeting is a process used by venture capital evaluate potential investments. In other words, should we buy the stock in that company or not? Because that's the equity investment process, okay? As part of capital budgeting, you get to assess the expected lifetime cash inflows and outflows, to determine whether the potential returns of an investment that you're considering would meet sufficient financial benchmarks for the fund. You set that benchmark. You decide how much do I want to earn on this capital. That's the sufficient financial benchmark. Okay. And by the way, it doesn't have anything around, you know, alphabet suit on that one. (laughs) This process is also known as an investment appraisal. You're literally appraising an investment like you appraise a house and you answer the question, what's the most amount of money I would pay for this asset? That's what you do with a real estate appraisal, right? What do you think this house is worth? How much should I pay for it? You don't want to pay above appraisal in most instances, okay? The pay in this case is invested capital. The asset is the sum of the shares of the company that you're about to buy. Reasonable? Very reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what do you want to know next? Uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, I want to know a lot, but let's start with another thing. What is the discount rate? That's right. We're still unpacking that statement. So again, yes, that was a, right, the internal rate of return is, it's a metric that's used in capital budgeting. Now we know what that is, figuring out the value of something, you know, don't pay more for it than that, right? To estimate the profitability of those potential investments so far. Now we actually kind of know what that sentence means. The internal rate of return is the discount rate that makes the net present value of all cash flows from a particular project equal to zero. Okay, that's the next thing we come to. The internal rate of return is the discount rate. What the heck is that? So it has different meanings in different contexts, but in this instance, the discount rate is referring to the interest rate used in discounted cash flow analysis. It determines the present value of future cash flows, the present value of what this company is going to make in the future. Because somebody needs to figure that out, right? You know, I'm I'm beginning to think, you know, this just gets deeper and deeper. Does (laughs) they pay retail anymore? Seriously, what is the discounted cash flow? Then 
we'll get to how the discount rate is used in discounted cash flow. Go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so discounted cash flow, that's that DCF thing, right? More alphabet soup. Discounted cash flow is a valuation method that's used to estimate the value of an investment today, answering that question, how much should I spend for this stuff today, based on its estimated future cash flows. The discounted cash flow analysis is a way to try to figure out the value of an investment today based on projections of how much money it will generate in the future. So far, so good? Yeah. 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 Okay. 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 So we're going to figure out what's it worth today based on what we think it's going to be worth tomorrow. Okay. Okay, then. All right. So this applies to both financial investments for the investors and also business owners. They're, you know, looking to improve their business by, I don't know, for example, buying new equipment, a new building, whatever it is, right? Every kind of business can use this by figuring out, is what I'm about to buy going to increase the value of my company or decrease it? All right. Now, you got to listen to this next part super carefully because this is the key to understanding the whole concept, right? It begins with understanding this one. The reason that you analyze discounted cash flow is to estimate the money an investor would have received from investment, but it's adjusted for the time value of money, the time value of money. Right. Every dollar you own has a value today. And depending on what you do with it, it will have some value in the future. And as an investor, whether you're going to put it in the bank, or you're going to put it in the public equities markets, you're going to buy a piece of real estate, or you're just going to spend it on extra lattes, right? Whatever you do with it will illuminate what it's going to be worth to you in the future. So the time value of money assumes that the dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow because it can be invested. Anytime you're paying money today with the expectations of receiving more money in the future, you should be doing the discounted cash flow analysis, right? I often talk about this, even with my own children, about the cost of capital. You don't just pay something for any item at all. The question is, what is the cost of the capital that you just used? There's more than just the dollar that's sitting there. So the time value of money, again, assumes that the dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow because the dollar today could be invested to generate more tomorrow. Now, let's assume that you get 5% annual interest rate at a bank. I know they don't get it today, but let's just assume, right? So you put a buck in your savings account, and that means you're going to get a buck and five cents in a year. All right. So far, so good. Got it? I got it. Okay. When you so, can get 5% annual interest, but that's another yeah, discussion. Exactly. <laughs> but, but we're going to use the 5% because it isn't just the bank. You could do it in the public equities market and this and that. Yeah. And even today as we as we take the show, right, during uh, this COVID lockdowns and so on and so forth, even during this pandemic, um, we are expecting that the kind of financial management firms are expecting returns at about four six percent used to be intense right and that was across a uh, kind of a spread out portfolio uh, real estate public equities bonds uh, structured notes all of those things collectively right we're still looking 
at at least a four and a half to six percent. So five percent is not that unreasonable. You know, saying it goes in a bank, well, that's silly, but okay. So you got a buck in savings. Next year, you're going to have a dollar and five cents. Now, similarly, if a dollar pay, uh, if a dollar pays for something that you want to, uh, excuse me, payment for something you want to purchase is delayed for a year, then the present value is ninety-five cents because it can't be put into your savings account to earn that nickel worth of interest. Right, because it makes the earnings later. Right. So in the future, your dollar today is actually 95 cents. It's what you would have earned. It's that cost of capital idea. So you discount your dollar today to 95 cents in the future for your calculations purposes. Okay, I got it. We got to take a break for our sponsors. And when we get back, we will return to that definition of IRR, internal rate of return. This is VC Confidential. We'll be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy and uh, Jillian Music is here with me and we are talking about IRR, internal rate of return. And before the break, Jillian, thank you so much. You clarified for me a whole lot of concepts I'd never really understood about discounts, uh, the present value. Now, let's return to that definition of IRR. So, happy to do so. The internal rate of return, we're on a roll here, is that metric used in capital budgeting 
to estimate the profitability of potential investments, right? We're still on that one. So far, so good. We got what capital budgeting is about, right? That's figuring out when capital investments are made, how much is it going to be worth to the company? Is it a good idea or not? Should we buy the building? Should we buy the equipment? Okay. And in this case, venture capitalists, should we buy the stock in this young company that's going to be bigger tomorrow? All right. The internal rate of return is a discount rate that makes the net present value of the cash flows of a particular project equal to zero. Now we're still digging in on that one. Yeah, right. why zero? Yeah, why zero? Okay, so let's keep digging in, all right? <laughs> Slowly now. <laughs> that IRR rate makes the net present value zero. Why? Bear with me. I promise this is did not promise this was going to be easy, right? Right. Net- but now we need to know what net <laughs> present value means. Yes. <laughs> so net present value is the difference between the present value of cash inflows and the present value of cash outflows, kind of like the, the net revenues, if you will, right? Measured over time. Okay. okay. Now my brain is beginning to explode. Let's run through an example. If our listeners' brains are going to get a handle on this, or mine, without benefit of whiteboard, with of a whiteboard, an example is going to be in order now. Yeah, now, right now. So, yeah, good point. So here we go. An example. All right, you start with the example, and give me a company. <laughs> okay, you are considering investing in company. A, how's that for a unique name? So far. (laughs) You get uh, financial projections from company A and you review them because that's what smart investors do. Uh, You decide that they have a reasonable business plan and that the projections are reasonably achievable. What do you do next? What you do is to add up all the cash flows, the revenue that company A expects it will earn in the coming five years for example? Yeah. So let's say company A says that in the first and the second year, it's going to earn a million bucks a year. And in the third and the fourth year, it's going to earn four million bucks a year. And in year five, it's going to earn six million bucks. Okay, then say the fund will invest, oh, $11 million in company A. So play this one out for us, Jillian. Okay. If the fund invests $11 million in company A, you subtract that initial investment of the 11 million bucks from the sum of the earnings over those five years. Well then, let's add it up. One plus one equals two. <laughs> My okay. two three-year-old grandson knows that. And so far, so good. <laughs> years three and four, four plus four equals eight. Mm-hmm. More than two, I might point out. So that's <laughs> 10 million. And in year five, company A earns 6 million. So that's $16 million. Right. And ah. you put in 11 million. The Whoopee. projected earnings over five years is 16 million. So you're 5 million to the good. Wow. I like that. So far, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I figure, right? Put in 11. You generate five million more. So far, we're passing muster, right? But <laughs> oh, I knew there was that was going to happen. But what? Well, this is where we get into that discounted cash flow thing, right? You could have invested that five per, uh, money at five percent, 
every year, right? It was in a bank or something, right? Remember that part? Yeah, yeah, So you discount the value of what company A earns to accommodate for that. Aha. This is where the discounted cash flow terminology comes in. Bingo. That's exactly right. The value of what company A earns is not that full number, but it's that number less the cost of capital. It's what you could have earned if you hadn't done this one. You know where we hear this a lot? We talk about it a lot with timeshare. Timeshare salespeople will tell you, oh, you should put down, I don't know, 35 or 50,000 or whatever. And then they tell you that you get these points free every year. Nonsense. First of all, it's not just the uh, kind of maintenance that you're paying every year to get your points back. They don't talk about that either, but that's easy for any buyer to figure out, you know, I have to pay, I don't know, a thousand bucks a year, and then they get my points, and that, tra- you know, translates to a couple of weeks of a holiday. That's okay. What about the cost of that first 50000 you put down, right? They don't even think about that. They assume that you would have invested it at zero. And that you would have lost it as well because you can't get that 50000 back. There is no resale market for things like timeshares, right? That's cost of capital. So let's take a look. Once you adjust for the interest you could have earned in another investment, that's that 5% per annum thing we're talking about, right? And you subtract that from the revenues that will be generated by company A. In the first year, instead of a million bucks, you got about 950000 The next year, about 900000 And by year three, you have $3.5 million instead of four. And in year four, $3.3 million instead of four again, right? It actually costs more every year. And then finally, in year five, instead of six million, the discounted rate is about four point seven million. These are all rough numbers. Do you I, mean that sucking sound is my capital disappearing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what, what you could have earned elsewhere, you're earning it here. But what could you have done elsewhere? What we're really saying is the value of the company is nothing. It is at zero today. Remember that at zero today. What we are working at is what are its cash flows. That's the only value we're looking at at the moment. That's why it assumes that the value of the product is zero. We're not taking it into effect. It's not really the company's not worth anything. We're not taking it into effect because when you put in dry powder to grow a company, wherever the hell it is today, that's your baseline. That's the zero line. Where you want to take it is, if I put in X amount of dollars of of this dry powder, this money, how big will the company be in five years or 10 or whatever you want to put in, right? Did it increase the value of this company more than the value of the money I put into it? It's not about what the original value of the company was. Yes. At the time you put the money in. Exactly. Of the net present value. Um, Correct. And, and I have to say, 40 years later, I finally understand it very much. It makes all right. kinds of sense to put it colloquially, which is where yes. I'm fond of living. Um, right. it's, so you have to start at what you said was your baseline. You have to start with zero baseline. to figure out what mm-hmm. your uh, profit potential will be. So when you look at things like internal rates of return and discounted cash flows, we are looking at not the base value of the company today. We kind of push that to the side and we say, all right, it is somewhere. And if I put in a significant amount of capital, will I get even more value of capital of that? And if not, 
you don't put the money in. So let's take a look. Would we put the money in? If we summed up all of these discounted cash flows, the you know, year one through five and so on, you come up with about 13 million three hundred, right? You came up with 16 million. So a right. significant, if you will, discount. Yeah. Yeah. Three and a half million would buy a nice mm-hmm. beach house for one thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. But, you know, it's not unreasonable, right? Does it yeah. pass muster? Yeah, maybe. Walk me through the the whole year by year. Okay. First year, you're going to get about 950000 Second year, about 900000 Third year, about 3.5 mil. Fourth year, 3.3 mil. And now instead of the 6 mil in year five, you've got 4.7 mil. Add that all up. It's about 13.3 million. Well, since we invested 11 million at the start and the discounted rate after five years is 13.3 million, we're still 2.3 million to the good. Again, that would buy a nice beach house. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I, 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 this investment, I'm going to go bold here and say this investment passes the broad brushstroke test. Yes. Okay. And because it's a positive number, the $11 million cost of that investment today becomes worthwhile. The project itself will generate more positive discounted cash flows than the cost of the investment itself, that initial cost. So, for example, if we needed to put in, say, 14 million ducks to get this company to wherever the hell it had to go, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. If it only takes 11, then we do. That's the question you're answering. What is the maximum sum I will pay for the stock that I'm about to pick up? And will it get it to that, quote, next level where you're actually making a profit, that internal rate of return? It's not designed to tell you that as an investor, you can take that money right back out and stick it in a bank account or go buy a house or a beach house in this case. Yeah, in my case. It has its uses, but not that one. Well, speaking of uses, I really want to get into that because in this uh, second segment, you really did drill down beautifully into the details of this. It was a deep dive and I understand it a lot better. I hope our listeners do. We need to take a break for our sponsors. When we come back, Let's wrap up by talking about the uses for all of this, IRR, net present value, discount rates, and so forth, and how it serves and how it doesn't. This is VC Confidential. We'll be right back. More ways you can source capital for your company's growth on VC Confidential is coming up. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let webmasterradio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. Webmasterradio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing 
and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.FM and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email B-R-A-S-C-O at WMR.FM. Ann Kennedy and Jillian Music are back with the inside scoop on what VCs are thinking and where they are investing today and tomorrow on VC Confidential, only on WMR.FM. Welcome back to VC Confidential. I'm Ann Kennedy. Jillian Music is here with me, and we have been talking about internal rate of return, which is an IRR, which is a bit of alphabet soup you'll hear tossed around a lot in the venture capital world. And up to now, it's been pretty confusing to think about. And I would urge you to take a look at Investopedia. They have numerous articles on equations to try and figure out how and why you want to consider NIRR and things like your net present value and your discount rates. But what I want to do now in the final segment, because we only have a few minutes, Jillian, what are the uses for this? Other than what we just did, an example Mm -hmm. of a no go, no, uh, a no, no go in a broad brush. No, you got it. That is the use of it. That is the the problem comes when it is used for other things, right? We use this internal rate of return process. And again, I'm going to call out Investopedia. What we have is a broad brush stroke so you understand the concept. But go in there and look at these equations, even play around with them if you want to be an investor or if you want to run a company and really make these calculations yourself wisely, right? But you use them to make an investment and later, of course, to assess whether or not you did well. And this is kind of like, um, as you pointed out several times in the first two segments, uh, a company deciding whether to invest capital in, I don't know, a new building, new equipment. I can also draw a parallel in the philanthropic world, which I'm very well acquainted with, where we have capital budgets and operating budgets. And we have to decide whether it will move our metrics or benchmarks by investing the capital. And it's exactly the same in the for-profit business worlds. We have capital budgets and operating budgets. This is about the capital budget. It is not about your operating budget. Should you make an investment or should you not? This is part essentially of a due diligence process, having almost nothing, if you will, to do with what the company is reporting about, the product of this, that. This is the hard numbers part. This is what I talk about when I say, you know, when in Rome, speak to the Romans, talk about the numbers with your venture capitalists. They must look at this. Okay. So here's where it doesn't work. It is not an indication that you, the investor in any fund, are making money hand over fist. And this is where I get crazy about it. Yeah, how many times have we heard VCs talk about, well, my IRR is blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Can we kind of back up to some of the things we said during this show? Yes. It is an attempt to calculate. It's a metric to try to figure out, right? Those are all the words I kept using. Remember, this is not cast in stone stuff. First of all, you're projecting revenues in the future, right? Somebody's telling you, hey, my company, if you bring me, I don't know, a million bucks on the table over here, or I'm gonna do this with it and something else, and I'm gonna make, you know, 15 million bucks in five years. Sure, are they real? Are they not real? Will they take another 11 million bucks after your 1 million bucks plus something else? And was it really not worthwhile? What will it really take to get the company to this, if you will, next level? And in the end, it's all worth nothing. 
unless you have a successful exit. Just keep your eye on the ball. As a fund manager, as a fund investor, or as an independent, you know, an entrepreneur, keep your eye on the ball. Unless that company sells or goes public, nothing is worth anything around IRR. So IRR is, to sum up, it's anything but an absolute number. It's a tool. That's exactly right. Let's yeah. keep it where it belongs and make very good use of it. Well, on that happy piece of advice, Jillian, we have run out of time yet again. So we'll be back next week with another fascinating topic we could take apart. We do welcome your questions. You can uh, I, you can tweet us directly on our Twitter accounts at SEO Mom or at Ann Kennedy, or you can also uh, pop a question to us at LinkedIn. We're both there under our own names. Um, and I'm going to put the links up that we used for this show in our LinkedIn. I don't know if they'll fit in the Twitter. But anyway, <laughs> as we wrap up, um, we'd like to thank our producers at WMR.FM who agreed to take a chance on our new show, VC Confidential. And you can listen to future shows right here on WMR.FM and in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you like to get your podcasts. By the way, you'll also find all of our CEO Coach podcasts there as well. And I'm talking a decade of content. <laughs> I'm Ian Kennedy with Jillian Music, and we are so glad you joined us on VC Confidential. You can find out more about us at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.